who's the person you turn to when you need advice, the person who gives you confidence and strength, the person who's been your biggest support, the person you shop with, ask their opinion and trust them implicitly. For me, it's... Hi, Ma. Hi, Del. As a mother and daughter, we know we have a close bond, but each mother and daughter relationship is unique and different, and that's exactly what we want to explore. Each week, we'll sit down with mothers and daughters and talk about their bond, from the ones who work together to others who have survived, shared passions, overcome loss, and in general, have a great relationship that is worth sharing. This is Mothers Mothers and Daughters Daughters Podcast. Hi, Ma. Hi, Del. How are you? Good. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, over? How's your out week of, been? Out of ISO. Yes, my week has been in isolation, thanks to Mason, but thankfully he wasn't sick. He was fine. No one else caught it from him. Amazing. So we just had a fun week at home. Not. Well, obviously the boys didn't mind. No, they didn't want to go back to school. And I dropped them pretty much as school opened. I was like, goodbye. That's good. Love you. Anyway, it's good that Mason got through it like, oh. thank goodness, compared to uh, so many other stories that yes, we hear. exactly. So, yeah, very grateful that Mace was fine. Yeah, strong little boy. He is. And I managed to avoid it. Dodge for- it. Another bullet. Another bullet. Another yeah. another week. So another did, week. So did we. Yes. So did so the they, other grandparents. Yeah. So none of the grandparents got it. None of the parents caught it. So, you know, just just a a week of lying low. Yes. It's all fine. And back to normal and, and back to normal. And the best news after it was and just like that is getting a second season. Yes, I saw I that. I mean, not surprising. As in they've already started. Uh, I'm sure they've already started it. Yeah. They, even the writer's podcast, which I listen to, and if you do watch, I highly recommend listening to that after watching the episodes. They were almost inferring that they were already writing the second season. So That's I'm good. not surprised. Well, I, I mean, it was I think only 10 episodes. It was only 10 you know, and sort of, and it, it's like just as you get into it, it's over. Yeah. So obviously if, if something, you feel like that, then they definitely need to do yeah. a second season. Yeah, I think lo- not everybody was on board with it, as in the re- audience reaction. Some people didn't love it. But like I said, if you're expecting it to be as revolutionary as Sex in the City was back in the day, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. It's yeah. not the same. It is a reboot nostalgia moment. So and, you take and, it for the nostalgia. Well, not and for they're older else. and they're more mature and they, it's you a know. different storyline. Yeah, of course. But the fashion is yeah. unreal. Unreal. Yeah. So it's, it's enjoyable it's so, just to even watch it for exactly. that. Exactly. It's worth it just to watch for that. And the fact that they film it in New York. Mm. So, you know, it's just a bit of fun. Mm. It's a TV show people enjoy. Yes. Anyway, today's episode, Nicolina and Danitza, they were 
I mean, so much. Danica could have smoked the whole time. I think she, I, yeah, I think it was very sweet. You'll notice she, she, she really is very she proud a lot of her to, girls. Yes, and a lot to say. Yes. You know, yeah. but I, I think Nicolena was like, okay, mum. It's about uh, me okay, too. Mom. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm it is mothers too. and daughters. Yeah, I'm just mothers, not like just mothers. Yeah. yeah, but she, you could tell she's very proud of her three girls. And um and and her grandkids that she has now she she really loves looking after them and mm. you know has been working very hard and in, in the aged care sector which is just such an admirable job as you'll hear what she does but Nicolina's great she is the writer for Nine Honey she does the parenting and she even has her own parenting advice ebook which you can get on her Instagram. So she's at Hey Nicolina K. I'll link to it in the show notes so you can get it. But she's a great wealth of knowledge when it comes to parenting and is due with her second little boy, same time as me. Mm, so nice. Yeah. So we, we had a lot of fun listening to, well, a lot of Dennett's stories. Yes. <laughs> it was very sweet. Yeah. As you say, she was very proud and, and you know, like uh, you know, leaving her home country, yes, and coming here and setting up a new life with you know no support or yeah, anything no family, like that, no nothing. Um, which Nicolina also references because she struggled a lot when she first had Noah, and was very open and honest about it. And um, she does the same on her own Instagram page, and now does a lot of funny real life parenting moments um if you need a laugh i highly recommend looking at hers but she admitted how hard she struggled with the sort of motherhood and can't believe how her, her mum did it with, with three, no one with three children yes and obviously coming to a country where she didn't speak the language either yeah. she had to learn english learn english work she clever, she's clever, very lady. clever, clever lady. But you know, she said that she would change shifts with her husband, you know, so that the girls would always obviously have someone looking after them because they didn't have the family support. And so Nicolina really appreciates the fact that she's got her mum and relies on her family so much, and they helped her through her initial sort of baby blues to kind of make herself or give herself her identity again. So it's just it's really nice how much she really appreciated her mum mm. for everything that she did. Yeah. Very, very nice. Yes. Very, very nice, nice story. story. Yeah. So everybody stay safe. Hope you're if you're in ISO and this is your break time, I hope you enjoy it. And we look forward to sharing our next episode with you next week. To get started, can you both tell us a little bit about yourselves? Okay. Hi. Hi. Yeah. yeah, as, as uh, we say, my name is Danica and I was born in Macedonia um, and um, in um, 1999 we migrated to Australia more than 30 years I've been living in Australia and the journey to come to Australia was a bit uh, um, funny, yeah. Mm. Um, 
we, I was pregnant with my first daughter and um, I, we booked with my husband tickets to come to Australia. And the day before the fly, I changed my mind. <laughs> and I so sit with my husband and I say, oh, look, I'm scared. It's a very long trip. And what if something happened? It's a first child, our first child, mm. and I don't want to risk anything. We went back to the uh, travel agency to ask if we both can return the tickets. They say, for you, we have no choice. We have to do. But my husband, has, he has to come. And, and I said to him, that's fine. It's only a month and something, and then I will have Anna, and I come in a two months, I'll be there. You're not going to miss much. <laughs> and then, but what you think doesn't work like that. What's happened took me for about more than five months to have the visa for the baby. Oh, I had my visa, but you have to get the visa for the baby too. Right. And Anna was about seven months when I was able to come to Australia. Gosh, that must have been quite a reunion after that. And another thing, I was still working there. Over there, you can have a maternity leave, one-year maternity leave with uh, pay, and you go back to your work after one year. And uh, I said, okay, let's try what's happening. Mm -hmm. Come with Anna, stay here for another seven months, and when I went back to work, I was pregnant four months with the second daughter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then what I did, I, um, after four, four months, I came back to Australia. I had uh, my second daughter, Maria, here in Australia. And um, for Nikki, I give up my job and I stay in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> what a mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, always, yeah, um, my husband was very supportive. We understand what we have to do and did work well because I think it's hard to leave your country, um, especially there was not much reason to leave. I had a good job. I was working. My husband has a job. He was working too. But as a mechanical engineer, engineer he got a visa and we say, okay, let's try, mm. go and see how we're going. And probably when the first daughter starts school, we're going to go back and live there. Mm. But hasn't happened, and I'm glad it didn't happen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's something about me. Oh, yeah. That's lovely. It's an amazing yeah. story. Yeah, and then I adjust to live in Australia. Even I, when I come, I didn't speak English well because I I used to speak French as the extra language. And, um, but um, having the three children was hard to go and learn the language somewhere, but I was lucky some lady was coming and teach me. And we have a friends who will, will I invite them on the weekend for lunch, but they will give me a homework and check my homeworks and stuff. And mm. I was able to really learn the language very quick and, getting to work, my aim was I have to go back to work. I like to work and I'm 100% sure I can raise my girls and I can work. 
and looks like did work like that way. Yeah. Mm. How admirable. Honestly, I, I think it's just incredible when somebody doesn't speak, you know, uh, well, the mm. English language, you arrive at a country, you know, not, not being able to speak the language. Uh, to get by, yeah. it's, it's, it's very admirable. To get by and raise I, three and kids raise, too. raise children. I used to read lots of books and newspapers. <laughs> You're obviously a very, very, very clever lady and obviously with all the other languages that you, you obviously know as well, I, considering I, I only speak English. <laughs> if I don't understand something in the book, I will go back again. That's and great. I think that's helped me a lot, yeah. That's really wonderful. And the kids used to say, Mum, not like that. I say, look, I didn't learn English in Australia, but I work in a, and I support our family with my English. <laughs> and we, good look, yeah. You did well. Thank you. <laughs> well, I feel like my mum's battler story <laughs> really <laughs> makes mine look pretty easy going. <laughs> um, but I guess that's a good example of how I, you know, managed to have such a privileged life mm. growing up. Um, in Australia. But yeah, I am um, a little bit about me. So I'm the youngest of three, um, three girls, and I am married. I've got a little baby boy, Noah, and I'm pregnant with my second now, who's due very soon. Congratulations. Um, wow, you're, you're hiding <laughs> it un- you. under the, under the computer or screen there very well. <laughs> you don't look pregnant at all. Yeah. Well, to be honest, second pregnancy, you kind of forget you're even pregnant. You're too, you're too busy to, to check the app to see what fruit or vegetable the child oh, is. So tell sweet. me about it. I, I'm third time, <laughs> third time round, and this one has had maybe no photo. I, I think I've taken one bump photo the entire time, <laughs> and I'm halfway. And with my first, I got every fruit and I took photos with it, and this one I'm like, you're there, you're safe. That's as bad as good as it's going to get this time, really. Anyway, that's lovely. Continue. Right, the third one, sorry. The third one is always less uh, yeah. filmed. Well, like our well, first one, Anna, every week we used to take a couple films mm. and develop and pictures and pictures. The second one, yes. But Nikki, we will forget it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no photos. Not, not no photos. photos. <laughs> so you can add that to your bio now. <laughs> but I don't know why middle children complain because I feel like it's the third child that really gets neglected, but that's okay. Continue that's on with your, <laughs> with your, with your, your, uh, your story. Um, well, yeah, so I'm, um, I'm 29 and I'm just, um, uh, yeah, really kind of delving, dipping back into my career after um, being, having a bit of a pause after baby number one and about to have another pause after baby number two. But I um, work as a writer, so specifically in parenting, um, which is a career that really blossomed after I became a parent. It wasn't something that I thought I would be doing, but I am. Um, and I really love it um, dearly. And, yeah, so um, and I definitely am a great work ethic from my mum who has had a very long career in as a diversional therapist in Australia. So still working as well, even though I use her as a babysitter, she still is adamant that she wants to work three days a week. Um, 
So yeah, that's yes, us. Yes. Spending the time with the grandkids. <laughs> Greatest joy, huh? Very, very precious and I never will, somebody will ask me, can you work more? No, I say three days and the rest is for my grandchildren. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know we're going to touch on, but um, obviously your career is in aged care. Is that is the main um, in aged care or, or a bit more diverse than that? What was happening, um, I have a degree in psychology from background, and I used to work as a psychologist in an insurance company back home for 10 years. When we came to Australia, having three small kids, I wanted to work. And I was I found that to work as a psychologist, I need, need uh, perfect English, and I need more time. Mm. I can't give my time to the share with my kids. I have to be more concentrated, especially if you like to open something private or whatever mm. I was thinking. And first, my job was um, uh, I did work for Transculture Mental Center, which was um, include like I will see the clients from Macedonian background and also probably some from ex-Yugoslavia, Serbians or Croatians because I do speak the Serbian and Croatian. And um, I see the clients, I used to do counseling, I used to do um, focus group, talking about mental illnesses in Macedonian communities and other things. And then I say, uh, but that's probably, um, I would like to do something based daily work. And um, I decide to go and finish a, a TAFE, a course called working with old people to see something about what I can, what is a difference or whatever. I did finish that and part of the work experience, I was uh, already offered a job as a diversional therapist. Right. And that's how I started. But um, um, what was um, there I was make me happy because I can use my psychology in making uh, residents assessment care plans and stuff like that. And also like, like you know, like there's always accreditation and stuff and you mm. have to meet certain parts. Yes. And I was asked being a psychologist, do you look different to your residents? Uh, I say, oh. And then I say, what do you mean? Because they say your care plans are based on, I don't need anybody to ask what I have to do or check with the residents. I can read that and I can do your job easy because it's very, um, contain everything what we need. And that was make me very proud. Mm. Like, okay, I can use part of my first, I was disappointed. I can't do what I did study, but then that's, and I ended more than 25 years in aged care, hmm. being coordinator, being team leader. And it's really, um, and I'm glad I can help all these people. That's wonderful. Not just in a thing, but with the emotional support, with the way how we uh, look in them and help them and make a trust between relationship. They can trust what you're giving to them. 
what you're suggesting, and it's amazing. Isn't that wonderful? Wonderful that you still, yeah, passionate about it as well. Because it's it's a really it's a noble it's a noble job to have to be able to sort of bring joy and look after, especially aged care. I think it's really admirable. Aged care is really um, something like, but always I think about aged care. Those people those people living there, they were someone mm. and they mm. need to continue to be someone yes. with our support. Yes. yes. And I always support that. That's very uh, nice. That's very nice. Very nice. May I ask you as well then, you. when you came to Australia, you know, with with obviously, you know, your firstborn, how, how did you cope? I mean, did you leave obviously family behind i mean w- w- what about your parents or um i have um, my mom is not alive anymore but she was very strong woman she said to me you belong with your husband mm. don't worry about us we will be fine i don't i know it wasn't easy for them it was hard but she was more relief when I come here to be with my husband and the kids and create a family. Unfortunately, she didn't live long enough to even she didn't know when Nikki was born. Mm. But uh, her support was amazing, that's saying. And it was hard. We we didn't have anybody here. Mm. Some people come, they have relatives, they have somebody. We didn't have anything. We were lucky. My husband had the visa, and we, based on that, we came to Australia on my husband's visa. Mm. And um, still no family, but we managed to look after the children, try to get them in, um, with the school to achieve. And also there was a time when we were, I because working as an aged care person, I was able to do some afternoon shifts and um, – to swap the kids at five o'clock, swap the children. Yes. <laughs> my husband yes. had them and I will yes. go and work after yes. the shift while they were small. And, um, but that was all. Anywhere we will go, there will all of us, five of yes. us. Nice, all go together. Yes, if somebody's sick, everybody is in the hospital mm. together. Mm. And, but <clears throat> it worked very well, yeah. For about eight years, I haven't been back, didn't went back to home. And um, But after that, we were okay to go more often. And um, it was nice because all our families are there. On the beginning, we will talk on the phones, but now having a FaceTime, having all these things, it's like you see each other like you're, together yeah communication is so much better so much easier very different Mm. um, that was was hard to live and always we were thinking okay we will go back and live there when Anna my first one starts school when she's seven we will go back didn't happen but um, what happened we I was teaching Macedonian language on Saturdays here in uh, public schools and the girls will come with me and they did well well like can write can read and speak probably not best but they will speak and what I decide 
In 2000, I went back with three of them for 10 months, mm, full wow. school year. Wow. And another, yeah, and in 2002, another full school year. And um, when we come back, we had the plan, okay, probably sometime in September we can go back and try, but I'm glad we didn't went back. The girls were like, okay, they mm. did very well there too because they they learned the language mm. and was fine. They did like to meet um, relatives, cousins, and have make friends there, and they still have friends and they still communicate. That's very with nice, our, and well, lovely, lovely yeah. fond memories to be able to do that with yeah, the family. I think that was a very good decision. Yes, yeah. sounds like it. What yeah. for you, Nicolina? What was your perspective of your childhood like? Yeah, I mean, so um, what? As Mum said, it was really just us, like a very tight knit family unit. You know, of course, we had friends that we made at school. Of course, we had you know very close family friends that we'd made as well, just in our community. But I just remember a lot of. Um, you know, just me and my sisters. And lucky enough, I mean, not to say that I wouldn't have been close to a brother, but I feel very lucky that I do have two sisters and it was kind of like we were very close in age, so we were all very good friends in a sense, you know. We all (laughs) stayed in the same room with bunk beds and all that sort of stuff. So a very, very close-knit family. Um, And I think what I really appreciated is that, my mum and dad knew how lucky they were to be here. So our childhood was just filled with a lot of adventure. We, you know, dad was always on the weekend wanting to explore just even Sydney or, mm. you know, I just remember going to the Blue Mountains a lot, you know, because back 20 years ago when you were taking a family trip, it was all very local domestic travel. So we just always made the most of everything. Every weekend we had together was was very adventurous and, and, and just a lot of exploring because I think they knew just how lucky we were to be here and mm. to, to be able to enjoy such an amazing country. Um, and then, yeah, I was also lucky enough to have another side of it where we could travel back to Macedonia. I remember, you know, I was on a flight when I was 2000, so that would have been when I was seven. Um, and since then I've been to Macedonia countless times. We always used to do, um, you know, family trip either yearly or as we got older, every two to three years. We would kind of pick and choose which one we wanted to to join in on and which one we wanted to stay home for and potentially have a house party behind our parents' back. <laughs> that was that was very different. But yeah, so um, yeah, just very fortunate to have to have grown up here with you know, very close siblings who I consider friends and my parents who always supported us, but then also being able to go back and experience family for everything that it is and, you know, the the large personalities and the crazy uncles and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to go to the same primary, same high school. Yeah. And I remember the high school, the uh, principal say, oh, when Nikki was the last to finish, say, I won't have any more Koevsky girls. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that you travelled like, as a uh, as a pack, you know, because it's it sometimes can be the reverse, you know, that if you're only each other's sort of support and friends and things like that, it can often go the other way as you will soon find out when you have two of the same gender, just wait. 
the brothers, especially when they're close in age, at least my two anyway, are like that. But it's nice as you grow up that you're each other's friends just as much as you are siblings and that's just really lovely to hear. Yeah, that was, uh, that was very important. Like they will, I will drop them to school and my neighbour has a daughter age uh, between uh, Anna's and Maria's age and they she was just one because her other two sisters were grow up, married, have their own children. And she will like to play with the girls. And then she will say, oh, but they don't like to come. I say, there are three. You just come. And, <laughs> and they, they, were, like they were a gang or they were a force on their own. And we are still good friends. That's After so we nice. Moved on that part, we moved to a different suburb, and they used to come on Fridays, every Friday, to see each other. It was good support to have somebody when you don't have a family. Well, uh, you know, that's, yeah, that's why I guess I was asking earlier. It's very hard. I mean, you know, especially yeah. having three young children and no grandparents here I mean I I mean to see obviously how you are obviously with your own children and grandchildren and the support Mm. you are it you know I'm sure you probably reflect reflect and look back and think how did I do that I mean it's funny I guess you just you just did no choice you don't have a choice you have to do and and that's make you strong you say, yes, I can do. Mm. There was one time when the girls were in primary and they say, mom, you just drop us in front of the school and you go to work. I was lucky one because in HK you start nine o'clock and I can get them to the school and go to work. And then she said, the other parents, they come to assembly and stuff. Mm. And I went back home and say to my husband, look, probably I should give up one day. And I stopped working on Fridays, mm. and that was my time to give to them, mm. go to the school, and just make them to feel like, yeah, my mom, my Your mom presence, is there. You know, was, and and obviously you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was very nice, like to talk to talk to the teachers, to see them, and it was really good because they used to go after school care. It was like we have to make sure they are well look after we don't uh, but uh, also was uh, hard to manage everything but we did mm. between us like what i said before we swapped them <laughs> i will work in the afternoon yeah well yeah. And, and you obviously uh gave them a lot of love and so a lot of confidence and they grew yeah. up obviously to well I, i'm only seeing one beautiful daughter <laughs> but i'm sure the other two are just as 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 confident and well loved, I'm very happy. We grow up very successful kids. Uh, they are really all very different, but all very successful. And I feel so proud. That's lovely. With our input too, trying to just uh, love them, but make sure they are. Uh, they growing up well, with well manners, respect others, do things which are correct and stuff like that. Yeah. Very nice. Mm. And Nicolina, what was it like for you? I mean, just reflecting on your mum, but going back to work after having 
Noah, did you feel, because you saw your mom do it, did you feel quite confident going back to work? How did you feel? Yeah, so I felt, I mean, I, um, and I've like been very open and honest about it, but when I had Noah, I had, you know, I went through a bit of a struggle being a first, his, him being my first child, um, really just confronted with motherhood. I just thought it kind of hit me like a bit of a bus. And so I definitely had to take a couple of months there, especially that newborn phase to um, work through some, you know, postnatal blues and really realise that my life had changed, but I was able to manage it and I was able to still be myself and a great mum with the help of, you know, my mum and and my siblings, which was amazing. So that I think um, scared me a little more than I thought going back to work because, prior to having Noah, I was really like kicking some pretty good career goals. I was really powering through my pregnancy as if I, you know, wasn't going to be stopped regardless of having a child. I thought, oh, this is just going to be a baby and then I'll take my couple of months off and then I'll go back to all these great things that I was doing. And I quickly realised that um, not necessarily that, that it couldn't be done that way, but that I guess you you can have everything you want, but you need to balance it out as best yeah. as you can uh, once you have a child. And so um, whereas I thought I would be ready to go to work within four months or something like that, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be back here. Guys, don't miss me for too long. <laughs> um, I ended up going back at about eight months, which, um, you know, I was pretty proud of myself because I thought yeah. at that point I'd probably take up to 12 months off and you know if 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 you'd like to take 12 months and if you're really enjoying it and if that's something that you know is suitable to you then I I commend all mums whatever they decide to do but for me I was definitely ready at eight months to have a little bit more time to myself um and to to really get back into um you know some passion projects and and just have a little a little bit of me time, honestly. It was probably a lot of I need a bit of a break. Um, Which is completely just, have to do it because completely I- justified as well to have. And I think it's important. I mean, I've said this before. Mum went back to work when I was, I still don't understand how, two when weeks, I was two weeks two old. Week, two weeks old. Still not quite sure how she did that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with having a working mum or seeing your mum sort of go do things. It doesn't have to be five days. It can be one day or even just have a passion project that's at home. I think it's important, you know, to have that and for your kids to see that whether or not it's a paid position or not, you know, just something that you're passionate about outside of the kids, I think is it's really important for them. And I think it's, it's hard when you feel like you have to justify that and say, I want time for myself or I want to go back before the 12 months because, yeah, as as mums we often are kicking career goals and then we have to sidestep when we have kids because you're constantly doing that juggle of part-time, early finish and all those sorts of things. So I completely understand where that sort of hesitation but also need to go back to work came from. Yeah, and I'm not sure why. I guess yeah, why people, why mums feel so guilty saying I'd like to go back to work because I want a little bit of sanity. I think that that's just the reality. You know, raising a child 
five days a week, going into seven days a week, even though, you know, your your partner may be home for those two days on the weekend is really hard work. And so if you don't have some sort of a break and yeah, I'm calling work a break, <laughs> um, you know, you can really be pushed to the, to the limit. And I think honestly, I'm probably a better mom for having, you know, having my career and having some time to myself and then picking up my child at the end of the day and like giving him all the love that I can yes. and then rolling into the weekend and really celebrating that. That's mm. what makes me a great mum. If I was not doing that, I think I would just be more of a terrible person <laughs> to him. So Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's true and it's, you know, it is nice to, you know, I think we've learned from lockdown, families aren't designed to be together 24-7 regardless i mean mm. obviously when you have a newborn <laughs> yes you can't <laughs> there's very few times you can step yeah. away but as a family unit we're not designed to be around each other all day every day it's n- not healthy for anybody so to have that break whether that's taking time for yourself to do exercise or go to work is extremely important and yes it's very hard to shift the mother guilt but we'll get there eventually mm, definitely Danita uh how different are your three girls from each other I know you said they're you've you know they're confident and are they all different career paths or not career you know not career minded completely different career paths my oldest daughter Anna she is uh, like more family orientated person. She has two kids um, and she was working as a HR person to be able to have more time for her children and stuff. Um, and um, she did study, she finished, but she wasn't that much like, oh, I have to achieve a lot. I have to finish this, I have to do that. She made herself the way she is uh, like to be. She's such a family orientated, but also she's a very creative person. She do very um, creative things. She starts her own mm, nutrition. Nutrition. She did after she was, um, uh, she have to stay home during the COVID because of the, the daughter. She, was told by the doctor she can't take the child to the daycare because as, uh, she was when she was three weeks old, she had pneumonia and ended in hospital. Mm-hmm. And that was very crucial. But she did she gave up her job, but she did uh, finish that and she now launching her own nutrition business. And she she I can tell you she's better cooked than me. And I always <laughs> sometimes I I used to be a good cook, and sometimes I say, "Oh, Anna, how you do this?" <laughs> and uh, she really, and she makes sure she is um, looking after her children in the way they don't have uh, junk food. They have proper food. They have nutrition. They have everything proper. And the kids are good too. And what she do, she involved the kids in all this. They make juices in the morning, uh, one sitting on the bench, the next mm-hmm. one following the fruits and vegetables. And that's really a real family orientated, mm. mm. Anna. Middle one, Maria. Yeah, she is uh, very, uh, okay, how can I say? 
she for Maria is only only, only way to achieve. When she was in the school, she was always, she will watch the television and on a commercial, she will read the book. Mm. In kindergarten, she received a uh, library award. Mm. And I said, what? Kindergarten. The library said, she comes, everybody goes to the recess, she comes to the library and she said, I want that book. She can't she reach, reads. but I have to reach for her. Yeah. Wow. And um, one day, I never will forget, one day I pick up her from the school. She was coming so moody and the teacher said, oh, no. And we went home, she threw her back and she said, I have one mistake in the meds test. And I said, oh, no. And she always was part like she has to be the best. Mm, mm. She hmm. did very she did very well. She finished um, double degree and um, also I remember her HSC marks. I was at work and Anna said, Mom, what are you going to do with Maria? She cries like no, no tomorrow. She had, I think, 96. What she had? 96 HR or something. And she yeah. was upset. She was like, when she was upset. Oh, the other four. It was like the world no, had ended. No. Like, like I was working um, close and my manager said, you just go now. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> like, because um, my like, daughter got 96 in her HSC. How terrible. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And um, she wanted to study at Sydney Uni. And then... Uh, she wanted to study law. Oh, I pushed her to do all these uh, hard subjects to study medicine. And on the end, after all that hard job, all these hard exams with the high um, she said, Mom, I'm sorry, I can't study medicine. Mm. <laughs> and, okay, I said, that's fine. And she wanted the law. And um, I remember seeing her history teacher and law teachers at high school, they say, oh, Maria will be the next woman prime minister. <laughs> and then when Julia Gillard had the position, I say, oh, Maria, she took your position. <laughs> she, maybe she'll be the second. Career. She could be, yeah. yeah. Plenty of time. And, yeah. Sorry? Plenty of time. There's no, the, you know, she's got time. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, yeah, she did start at the uh, University of New South Wales with international studies. And then the next year, she moved to the University of Sydney and she started law and international studies. She did um, two student exchange, one six months in Spain, in Barcelona, and then another six months in Denmark. Mm. And on the top of that, she did, she's speaking perfect Spanish <laughs> and she did learn Danish too. Gosh. And um, yeah. And I feel like this isn't good for my profile that's coming next because it's like, I mean, you know, I think you've done well. I think you've done pretty well. And it's funny because maybe as yeah. the middle child, she just felt like she really had to push extra that she was always she never was satisfied with just okay always has to be very high in the last year before like graduating and stuff she did this um um, internship with um i think she did with deutsche bank and on the end of that they offered her a job and she Mm. said no i don't like that job i don't like to work there I said, but that's a privilege, Maria. You can start and then you can look. And there she did start it there. 
And um, now, then after that, she had another job. At the moment, she is in America for the last two years. Oh, is she? San, San Francisco. Oh. She, they went with her boyfriend, but now they're engaged. Oh, and we oh congratulations. Oh, how lovely. In January. Oh. And, but uh, they are very similar. Like, I think my girls married to pe- people who are very similar with them. And I'm very glad. Like Anna's husband, it's very familiar orientated, family orientated, very supportive. The kids and he do hard job, but he always makes sure he has stuff time for the kids. Um, Maria is just now is going to be married, but they've been long time with uh, her partner, and they are like both very high in the work, but also they both travel a lot. During the virus thing, because they have to work from home, they used to live in different state every four weeks. Oh, wow. Wow. Travel. Just to keep it, just to keep it different. Gosh. Working hard. They both work in high companies and they do make money, but they spend the money yeah. for their lives. Like, And I'm glad it's happened. Like, with all these happenings now, you, we, for two years, we wasn't able to go anywhere. Mm, and mm. you never know what will be happening after that. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was Maria always. And um, Nikki being the youngest one, I, I cry one time when they say in the school, they have to say, who is your role model? And she said, my sister, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> you were hoping for the, the mom. <laughs> Yeah, the teacher was telling me that uh, the thing, and like Nikki was like really trying to be saying like Maria achieving and achieving, and they did achieve a lot. They do did lots of um, community work, both of them. Like Maria used to do community radio, and then when Maria was going to stop, Nikki moved to that, and like they did lots of things together, and they supported each other, which was really good. It's lovely. She said, um, when she was growing up, because she was the smallest one, we used to say, Nikki, what would you like to be when you grow up? She used to say famous. (laughs) She's pretty close now. Yeah. Basically Beyonce. Good goal. It's a good goal. Buy her pyjamas with the stars and stuff like that, just to yeah, and there she is. She did, um, again, like she did double degree. She studied economics, commerce, and media. And um, she was good. And part of her job, she used to do a couple of days in Macquarie Bank working there. And one day she said, I don't know, for some reason she was taking me to work. She needed my car. And on the way she said, Mom, you know, I apply." there was a competition, radio competition, full-time radio presenter. And I laughed. And I say, which station? And she said, the age. I said, oh, I don't like to listen to them. (laughs) 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 Supporting? (laughs) I wasn't much supportive, but they said, oh, look, it's fine. And they are from how many thousands appliances. Nikki become top 100. Hmm. The next day... She was top 10. Hmm. Right? 
the day when they have to decide top three or two, I drive her to the station and I was driving to work, but my radio was on. And I arrived to work and I have to park in the garage. And the door was opening, but I needed to hear what will be happening. (laughs) And I stay in front of the garage. I wouldn't go there. And there was a car before me. And I said, okay, it doesn't matter. I can hear. And then I just walk in and they announced she is the one who will get the position. Wow. Oh, my God. And I was still in a car and I was teary. That's so lovely. What a beautiful story. And my my co-worker came. She said, are you all right? (laughs) And I said, oh, this is happening. And then she went upstairs, tell everybody, and I have to buy a cake and (laughs) celebrate there. But it was really nice too. And there how Nikki started to be famous. She left the bank. We say to her, Nikki, but you will make more money in the bank. (laughs) She said, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I want to be famous. Her... um, her dream of being famous, it's somewhere there. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think- and I'm very, very proud of uh, their achievements. Like they're all very different, but they all achieve us. And I, anytime somebody asks me, I say, look, I give up something, but I am so proud of growing up uh, family which is so um what i can use like they like to be to work to do to achieve to it's uh and also nikki's husband is very supportive he is on the beginning i <laughs> i was saying nikki but are you sure and when um she was the youngest one, and I never was thinking she will get married before, like, on so young age. We were overseas with my husband, and we were coming, and he was the one who picked up us from airport. Nikki's supposed to pick up us, but then he came to pick up us from the airport. And they have a plan, a trip to go to uh, South America. And I said, oh, how's the preparation for the trip as going and she said oh, it's well enough good enough like we are ready we do things and and he said by the way I would like to ask you I would like to propose to Nikki on the Machu Picchu <laughs> trip when we uh, go up there and my husband say, oh, that's fine. And I say, but you're both very young. Do you think that's is correct? <laughs> and then I pull and pardon. And I say, oh, that's fine. If you think it's, uh, it's ready, right they've thing. been long together. Yeah, and it's happened. And I keep that uh, secret for how many months? Long time. Long time. But that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> We'll move on from that. (laughs) Nicolina, do you think that being now working as a parenting writer, do you think it helps or hindered your parenting journey or do you feel like you kind of fell into it after having Noah? I think it's a job that I wouldn't have been able to do if I wasn't a parent. I think um, 
to be honest, I tell people that my job is answering questions about my toddler because I, I have so many questions on my mind all the time and, you know, I get to go to work and, and research into it and, and find the answers and talk to experts and but while also having such great fun, you know, knowing what's what's new in the industry and you guys would know and you would know having a third now as well how things change and so many products pop up here and there. So I feel really privileged that I'm able to do the job while I'm a parent and while I'm really in the thick of it with my first as opposed to if I wasn't, I really wouldn't understand a lot of it. Um, I think that when my sister had her kids and I used to think that I understood what having kids was about, I had no idea. And I really think that until you are a parent yourself, you really don't fully understand that relationship and that responsibility. Do you think when you became a parent, you really appreciated what your parents and your mum had done for you? I mean, obviously, because they'd moved and they were completely on their own. Did I mean, I'm sure you appreciated it before, but did you have a new level of, of appreciation once you had Noah? Oh, yeah. I think your relationship changes instantly with your mum. I think that, you know, I used to, well, now I, I totally regret, you know, and feel so bad for all the times I never answered her phone call when I was out with my friends or I stressed her out or I came home really late and she was still up. I just never understood that that amount of caring from a person. And then once I became a mum, you all of a sudden understand where this extra love comes from and this extra worry and anxiety and and pressure to make sure that your child is okay and feeling loved and feeling well. So there's definitely an extra level of appreciation. And on top of that, I think a big help for me getting through my postnatal blues was that my mum would always give me a great little pep talk, you know, every day, every couple of days when I would call her really in the pits of the newborn mess. But I used to wake up in the morning, I remember on, you know, the really tough days and just say to myself, Literally, well, how did mum do it? Yeah. You know, mum had three kids and she was by herself. Nikki, you have, you know, I, I used to say to myself, Nikki, you have your mum here, you have your friends, you have your sister, and just really reiterate to myself how much support I had around me to be able to get through the day. I think that was really crucial in just, you know, prepping me up and making sure that I had the confidence to to delve right in in, in those, you know, those days where it was such a struggle. And and to both of you, how's it been with the pandemic in the last couple of years and now we're into our third and especially with you, Donitza, for um, aged care, it's sort of added another layer of, you know. Um, complexity. Com- complexity, exactly, to it. Yeah, it was very scary because I know like uh, um, I have to go to work and I have to, work but also I was always concerned about when I come back home the kids mm. always was on my mind the kids and I was lucky enough I can was time I can work from home because uh, I do activities but I have the girls who run the activities I plan the activities I create paperwork and was easy I can sit on the, com- uh, the um, laptop and do it from home mm. 
from time to time I will go to the meetings, but I was trying to, and I was lucky one, I don't uh, mix much with the people and we, and we wasn't allowed to everybody. Uh, we didn't do the um, group activities. Everybody was on their floor and one of the staff will be on each floor. That was really helpful. Mm. And there was um, the scariest thing was once we have to be in isolation and, um, like full gear, mask, mm. uh, protective stuff. It's that was like I say, oh no, this is really, really. And when I was coming home, I will make sure I take all my clothes, I wash myself, I do. But there was a long time when the kids wasn't coming mm. because mm. we wasn't allowed to. Mm, visit each other and and the hardest thing was um, Nikki had her child like and like was really few months when you can communicate we mm. can see each other and then like stop and there was for how many months I didn't see the kids which was like very hard for them but very hard for me because mm. We are very very close to the kids mm. Mm. my first grandson when he was in the preschool he all all he talked he talked about me uh-huh. and the teacher still asked my daughter who um, in Macedonian language the grandmother is Baba mm. and he they call me Baba and the teachers will say to Anna who is Baba mm-hmm. <laughs> and then again now he started kindergarten and again it's like questions who is Baba yeah. and that was so killing to not be able to yes. see you see them every day every morning every afternoon every night time speak on the face time but not the same it's not the same of course how did you how did you, yeah. how did you cope Nicolena how did how did yeah and I, well I think it was that um the lack of family around you physically makes a big difference mm. as mum said we have FaceTime but it's, it's just not really the same and I was lucky enough that I gave birth um, at a time when there wasn't a lockdown but very quickly after we went back into a lockdown so as you can imagine I think I had a three-month-old baby mm. in an apartment with my husband and not being able to my husband went back to work he was physically going to work um, he couldn't work from home so that was extra hard for me um, but be- because my reprieve was getting in the car and mm. going to my mum's house mm. or getting in the car and going to my mother-in-law's house. That was my reprieve of, that was my breath of fe- fresh air during the week. Mm. And I just didn't have that anymore. So I mm. think, um, so yeah, for both of us, it was just, um, a real change in perspective when it came to family and how much they mean to you and whether yes. that yeah. was you know, physically being able to see and, and spend time with a new grandchild, whether it was seeing, you know, a sister that you rely on so much, whether it was, for example, my mum witnessing, you know, um, the older generation be parting with with their family and, and, and passing away at a time when they can't even see their, mm, their, their really kids, hard. you know, mm. I think that they just put it into perspective for the both of us. It was, mm. it was a tough time, so we're very relieved that we're kind of on the other side. Oh, of definitely. Yeah, I can't imagine what it would be like to have a newborn in that phase because you feel so isolated as it is, as much as you have mother's groups and things like that, but that wouldn't be happening so frequently. And I feel like, as you said, if you don't have that physical connection with people, you know, screen time is great, but it's never the, it's never the same and I don't think people are 
as vulnerable, so to speak, when they're on screen because you feel like you almost have to perform in a way. And so I can only imagine what that would be like. Yeah. You know, my husband and I used to joke because my husband is um, Arabic and we weren't allowed visitors in hospital and we used to joke like it was the greatest gift because we didn't have to entertain 20 people in the room visiting. Yes. They were so excited that this baby was coming. Um, We thought, oh, this is great. You know, we can be in our little bubble. And don't get me wrong, it was amazing having those first few days of just us, Mm. just a family of three and really, um, you know, making the most of it. But then once you come home, you know, mums would know this, there's a sense of reality that kicks in. And as, you know, the visiting drops off and as the help drops off, then there's another wave of reality that hits. And that reality is a real tough one because that's when, for example, your partner is back at work and you don't have your, maybe your mum was staying with you and she's gone home and it's really isolating. So to have that for an extended period of time because mm. of lockdown mm. is incredibly tough. Mm. When- Okay, went too long and was hard. Like when we speak on the um, FaceTime and the kids will try to touch you. Mm. Oh, that was the hardest for me. Like, Mm. oh no. Mm. But um, we went through. Yeah, we got got, got through it the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I have to ask, where do you find your inspiration though? I mean, I'm sure looking after Noah not every day, but having him around all the time, you find your inspiration for your reels and your content. But do you ever feel like you got inspiration from your own childhood or do you just kind of look around and and know what it's like to be a modern parent, quote unquote? Well, I think, you know, the reels on on Instagram really started because, um, you know, just when I was at home and alone with a newborn, I found it so crazy and ridiculous and it was just such a roller coaster and I thought I honestly just thought nobody really talks about this no nobody I've never seen this online no mum ever told me how wild this was going to be and I have a sister with two kids and yeah she would you know in passing say how hard things were and you know had a rough night with the newborn or whatever but I just felt like there was this cloud over the reality of parenting and it's such a brutal reality that really sometimes you can just laugh about it. You can just laugh about how ridiculous it is that you, you know, are wearing a stained, you know, milk-soaked T-shirt and you you drop down to pick up the fifth package of clothes that you've bought for your newborn because you've just spent the morning shopping because you don't have anything else to do. Like it's such a bizarre situation to be in. So I just started the reels as a way of, I guess, connecting with other mums and I hoped that when I posted them, that I wasn't the only one that was thinking it or else, you know, people would have just thought I was very weird and very much not coping with motherhood. Um, But, you know, I got a wave of mums just saying how they couldn't relate to it more. They were in the exact same situation with the exact same feelings and the exact same occurrences happening week by week. And so it was a really just nice way of... um, making sure that I wasn't the only one 
and also being able to connect with other mums and have a bit of a laugh. Um, and now, you know, as I go through all the different stages with Noah, I've been through the newborn stage and then the the, the late baby and now he's a toddler, which is just really weird to me to, to even say. And this is coming with a whole heap of different, you know, adventures toddler adventures so I just love being able to be open and honest about every single phase and all the ridiculousness that happens with it um and I'm really glad that yeah mums out there can relate to it and have a bit of a laugh because we we, we if anything deserve to have a bit of a laugh about yeah the situation. if you can't laugh about it sometimes yes yeah you need to and how how do you feel you know life's going to be moving from one child to two <laughs> Yeah, ready? You know, ready like, for it? <laughs> I'd like to say I'm more prepared this time around, but then, you know, I thought I was prepared for one. So I'm setting the bar really low. <laughs> Great call. Great call. <laughs> um, you know, I think for me and my husband, it was a very conscious decision to have a child, um, you know, pretty soon after. That comes from as well you know, my mum had us three um, pretty close together and I just really adore that relationship I have with my siblings and I really wanted to give that to my children as well. And part of it as well, I'll say is selfish reasons. I I, I think it's fine for you as a mum or as a woman, I should say, to sit down and say, well, what do I want out of my life and where can I fit kids into that? Mm. I don't think I read somewhere, I think it was by Janine Ellis, you know, the founder of Boost You. She said, we don't have kids to fit into their life. We have kids so that they can fit into our lives. And I think we need to, you know, grab sight of that. So I sat down and I said, well, what do I want to achieve in my career? When can I realistically do that? Um, and also I have my 30th coming up and I wanted to be able to drink for that. So I literally <laughs> calculated. Yeah, I miss, I miss, I miss that because I was, uh, yeah, I was pregnant with my first for my 30th and yeah, you don't really get a chance to redo your 30th ever. No. So, Might have to that, be my 40th. And so I I really just, and I'm a planner, so I timed it out and I said this is when I'm going to have my kids and I know it's going to be tough. I know that I'm going to have a baby and basically another baby, an enlarged baby walking (laughs) around, Um, but I'm really, you know, thankful that I have support around me and I really assessed that and thought I can really do this if I set my mind to it. So I'm really excited. I'm nervous though. I know it's going to be absolute chaos um, but as I've said, you know, to, to the followers online as well is double the kids, double the content. So we'll just have to roll with it. Very true. You've got two <laughs> models now. It's handy. Exactly. I've got two extras that I don't yeah. have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Um, well, we wanted to do our quick lightning round just about us. So one word to describe your relationship when Nicolina was a teen. I'm a teenager. Mm. Um, yeah, Nicolina, yeah. One word, mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was about to go into yeah, another yeah, story. Long story. You need yeah. to try one word. Yeah. I would say cha- mine would be challenging because I think, can I, can I take over yeah. here? I think that 
my relationship with my mum and my parents in general was challenged the most when I was a teenager because that's really when you're figuring out who you are and I think you think that you know the world and you really don't. So that, you know, I can be the first to admit now that I'm a mum as well that I'm terrified of Noah becoming a teenager Mm -hmm. is that that's when you're really challenged with your personalities clashing and what you value and, 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 and who you prioritise and what you prioritise. So I would say that. Yeah. Uh, going to school, achieving in the school wasn't hard. I know she will. But um, growing as a teenager, what friends she will have, how she will fit in, and um, that was really scary. And what we used to have, go to the dinners and talk what is happening, how to be done, how to be run. And I'm glad we we were all five included in all these things. Op- talk open, open what we um, expect our kids to be mm-hmm. and, and our support to them. Like I never say you can't, you do, but I always, uh, we always were trying to give us samples. What happened if this, what happened if that? And I think that worked very well. Yeah. And... and and one word, if you can, one word to describe your relationship now in adulthood after having children or, well, I know you've got one child, but another one on the way. I mean, I'd say like friendship because I think there's a sense of we've gone past, you know, a point of parenting. Like my, I don't really see my mum as my, I see her as my mum. That's a wrong mm, way to put it. Yes. But I feel like there's an element of friendship here now that there wasn't prior to to children. Yeah, and it's nice to share like the their experience and I my experience and say, oh, this is correct. And it's nice to see the kids coming and I'm really glad the grandkids are always there and I see them and I um yeah that's like uh, which is like um Nick and them to know I'm always available. I wore, that's but nice. my grandkids are priority. And try and, we'll yeah. try and stick to one word. That's a priority. It doesn't matter what's <laughs> happened, but that's the priority of the grandkids yeah. and availability of time. Yeah. What characteristics do you think you have from each other? Um, I would say definitely um, drive. So, you know, as we said, seeing my mum working really, really hard um, inspired me to always drive and always aspire to be better and and achieve more. Um, And then I'd I'd also say kindness. I'd like to think, you know, as mum has explained, she works in aged care and she has a real passion for making sure people feel appreciated mm, and feel like so lovely. and just be kind to whoever it may be and and at whatever life stage they are um yeah I'd like to think that I've I've adopted that as well that's very mm. nice and what's the most memorable uh, moment in your relationship oh this is a hard one um hmm I think we tried we tried to think about this. <laughs> um, I think f- I would say, you know, my most fondest memories would be of my mum on my wedding day. 
I think it's a really special day where um, families, I mean, just, yeah, come, come together to celebrate and um, to lift each other up and just really be happy for each other. So I think even just any time I look back through the photos, mum just has the big smile, biggest smile on her face and it just feels like she couldn't be happier for me and that, you know, really warms my heart. Um, so, yeah, I think that day was a really special day. Yeah. Is that how you feel? That's how you feel as well? Of course, yeah. Mm. And I, like I, any achievement, it's like fills me with happiness. Like they finished um, high school and the best thing is they involve you in um, all their happenings, like uh, doing like through the high school, Nikki used to go to the uh, um, debates and stuff. And I always was including those things. It's nice them to uh, have you in their life. Mm. And that was like, and all their achievements, graduations, everything. It's uh, a happy moment. Mm. Was, mm. Uh, really. Um, and um, we used to have like, celebrating things and stuff and there was like because there were three uh, two of us and I used to invite neighbors friends and stuff but now when the family start growing up I say oh yeah enough now mm-hmm. that's another big part of mm-hmm. that and looking them through like uh, marriages and um having a children mm-hmm. and it's really really something you look after what your children achieve mm. and I always when I talk with work the people ask me I say I'm the glad of what I, my children achieve and I'm very proud of their achievements that's lovely I can say that especially Nikki when she had no and she had this problem she will call and cry and I was trying there to support her too but also, I think uh, my way of saying you share everything with your husband. That's how you progress, you achieve, you respect each other. And I'm so glad she um, achieved so much there. She was hard, she cried, but she picked up everything. And now she is uh, uh, able to teach others, to first mothers and how you can yeah, and she did really amazing. We from time to time we will say, "Oh, Nikki, why you do that?" But that's really best way of growing up a child. Yeah, mm-hmm. challenges my parenting many a time. But <laughs> no, but I really said she did well. Like yeah. her baby can sleep from seven <laughs> night time to seven in the morning. Gotta love that. And, <laughs> I, I think, I think that's, the, a, it's that's the a big achievement. It's the ultimate parenting win. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it really well, is. It is and, and that's a funny thing about, you know, a relationship with a mum once you become a mum is because she raised a baby, you know, what is it, 29 years ago was her last and things were very different there. Very. So you'll find this as well, Jonana, <laughs> that I do things that my mum think are ridiculous or I bring home products that my mum's like, what is this? random invention but I guess yeah I I take a lot from you know what she did still 30 years ago today and she's learning a lot from what I'm doing now yeah Yeah. I do support everything like I like I will 
question, but I yeah. <laughs> just in case. Question, but support. Yeah, but support. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that leads important. to the next question: Who gives the best advice? To be honest, it, out of the both of us, um, <laughs> I think in different areas we yeah. peak mm. on advice. You know, my mum, as still at the age of. Sixty-seven now. Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Um, is still kicking career goals, and mm. I know we give advice on that as well. You know, my mum was doing job interviews a couple of months ago, and I was giving her advice in that sense. And then on the other hand, she's giving me advice in you know parenting and motherhood and and you know and marriage and those sort of areas. So I think we exchange advice, and that's that's what I say. This age you become friends more than anything and that's yeah. where you can share a different form of relationship. It's nice to know, like, I'm there for them, but they are there for me too. Mm, yeah. mm, I call, mm. I work and I give something, um, oh, what I will do there? And I say, Paul, Nikki, what do you think about mm, this? Like, mm. And I, I know I will, yeah. And that's like, it's a best to share with your child. Mm, definitely. Yeah. How many times a day, I have to ask, do you call each other? <laughs> Probably a few. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because I, when I first moved out, after I got married and then moved out of the family home, I used to go so many days without calling my mum and I would feel so bad because she would then call me and I'd answer and she'd be like, oh, you know, I haven't heard from you for a few days. How are you going? And you always just blame life. You're like, I'm so busy. Mm. I didn't get a chance to call her. And now it's honestly the opposite. I'll call mum at like 7.30 and say, well, what are you doing today? Because the kid's up and I need something to do. So are you going to be home? Are you going to be at the local cafe? Or mm-hmm. what are you thinking, you know? So, um, yeah, that you know, it's that change of perspective mm. where you, you, you have a different relationship and I really look forward to seeing my mum and spending time with her now, whereas... I, I can now admit that, you know, before you have kids, you, you're a different person, you have different priorities, and that's not to your own fault. You're just at that that's age. That's how life yeah. is. Yeah, that's it's great. just life. Yeah. So, so the next question, who calls the most? But I'm imagining you do. I think it's me now mm-hmm. because I call for help, um, whereas mum calls to check in. So <laughs> you can imagine yeah. yes. this is the ratio of calls. I can. And the final question, is there anything that you've always wanted to ask or tell each other but never have? I feel like I've said a lot in this chat already, but I think the the biggest thing for me is that, you know, as I've said, Mum, I always now reflect on how hard it would have been for you to be here and raising three kids without the help of your own mum your own family, your own sister, exactly the people that I now rely on, it would have been just incredibly tough. So I so admire you for that. It is for hard, yeah. It's like you don't have anyone. You can call, you can say, but like wasn't. And um, um, my mum yeah, my died very uh, soon after I come here, like, in a year after mm. that, she died, and mm. I didn't have mum. I have my sister, and I have my brother, who I'm very close, and I'm still very close. I've always been close, and I will call, and I will share the things. But it's different when 
you have your own children and mm. what you share with your children. Of course, it's of very course. different. Yeah. And I also really appreciate the babysitting because it gives me <laughs> a bit of time to myself. So. It's the best. It's the best. Built-in yeah. babysitting is honestly, it's, yeah, I'd hate to yeah, calculate anyone, all the hours. that. And I've anyone had. who argues that they should be paid, I think we should put that argument down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I've never said that. No, she's not. No, and they're, and it's good because I've got both both sets of grandparents. There's often a very healthy competition that goes on between the two of them. So if one's had one, well, the boys for the night, then mum feels like she needs to, I'll have them, I'll have them yeah. tomorrow night instead. Well, my, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Well, my, my eldest grandson, uh, Cooper, that's Jordana's oldest, said he, they were staying, Cooper and Mason were staying on um, Saturday night and and the other grandmother's called Omi, I'm Didi. And he <laughs> says to me, you know, um, Omi buys us lots of presents, Didi. Oh, I'm yeah. like, really? I said, I think I buy you enough. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, they know. he's even starting the competition, you yeah, know? Because I they that know. Was a bit rough. That, I would say, you have enough. Too bad. Yeah, That's you fine. have enough. But you know, they can pull on the heartstrings of the yeah, of the grandmothers, the competition, and the grandfathers as well. So yeah, they learn from a very young age. That's for sure. And and yeah, Nicolina, when it, when are you due? When are you, when are you having your second? So I'm having my second in July. Oh, okay. So I've still oh, got, you know, a few months of enjoying myself with just my one child. I'm really trying to enjoy him because I know, and you'll probably say the same, Jordana, it's, it'll be very different. It when is very different. Yeah. I don't want him to feel too neglected. So trying to, you know, give him the best time ever at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, and then life will completely be um, turned upside down, which different. I'm looking forward to. It's all right because he's young enough, you know, there'll be, it, it won't take long for him not to remember that his his baby brother wasn't there. So mm, it's actually good. okay. Don't worry. It's probably better that he's younger. He won't remember. That's true. And yeah. he's not strong enough to, you know, push over the bassinet or anything to try and get rid of the baby. So, <laughs> so I, think, I think I'll be okay. Well, yeah. I wish you all the best with your second child coming. It's very exciting. And I want to say thank you very much for your time and yeah. your beautiful story, both of you. It's been just a lovely insight into yeah, your lovely family and, you know, just just always always gorgeous to hear. A beautiful, beautiful mother and daughter. Thank you for giving us opportunity oh, to. That's so nice. It's an absolute yeah. pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you, and stay dry. Yes. Thanks, guys. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for your pleasure. time. Good to chat. Yeah. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have a mother and daughter story that you would like to share, send us a DM on Instagram at Mothers and Daughters Pod. If you loved this episode, please subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss a new episode. Spread the love and share the podcast with your mum or sister or friend. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. See you next week and don't forget to call your mum.